In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by April, June, September, November, and if you're a hobbit, February. Welcome into episode 30 of The Gospel Friends. I'm David. Number of days. In months. In those months. Yes. Nice. If you're a hobbit? Yeah. So apparently in the uh, Tolkien stuff, there's a, there's a uh, concept called the Shire Reckoning. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. True, true enough. And uh, the calendar for the it ranges the years twelve months, thirty days each, and uh, the month of Salmath is February, and it has thirty days. So well done. Oh, by the way, I'm Chase. I'm Nick, and I am utterly. I'm in, I'm in shock right now. I, I do. This like, is the first time in a long time we've had kind of the full house backfield in. Yeah, no, all of us have been here. Yeah. It's, it's, all good, the, though, it's all the starters. Uh, I've barely <laughs> recognized God help us all. And you know who the most popular guy on a football team always is, Chase? You told me this years ago. The backup quarterback. The backup, you know who the backup quarterback is, I guess, the general. Yeah, and that's uh, why everybody likes him. That's why everybody likes him. Yeah, that's why they like him. Yep. If he was here all the time, you wouldn't like him as much. Nope. You would like the one of us that he was replacing. <laughs> Have you told him yet, though? No. About that? I haven't. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully he won't listen. No, I meant... Nick, uh, I mean, oh, lovely oh, snap. Thank you. <laughs> That's the life. Well, Dude, we, you said you were going to talk to him this morning. Jeremiah, Martin, and Emmanuel still have to have their steel cage match oh, to determine the winner. Of course, but of course. Uh, well, anyway, Nick, hey, this is your part, buddy. Your your time to oh, shine. Usually, well, Try usually we ramble longer. We're sending you no, out on the field. We're, through, we're to part three now. We've passed banter. Well, ladies now and gentlemen, we're into contact <laughs> you'd like info. To. I couldn't help it. All right. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we've got a couple of different ways you can do that uh, on the intranets, so to speak. If you want to contact us old school, I really don't know what to tell you. Um, Twitter, we've got at my gospel friends on Twitter. Facebook, we've got a couple of places. We've got a random page that um, we don't keep up nearly as much as we should that I went to try to fix a couple of weeks ago, and I just ended up spamming all of our followers. Wait, what was it? The Gospel Friends Facebook page. I was getting to the real, okay. the meat of it. I was trying to do a humorous lead-in. Um, but the place where a lot of the discussion happens is in the Hall of Dogma. That's a Facebook group. Um, it is a private group, but we don't kind of – we haven't denied anyone entrance. What is Chase doing? He's topping stuff into the show notes. <laughs> Great. I don't have the show notes pulled up right now, so I have no idea what's happening. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma. It is a private group, um, but that is just because people kind of share personal things. We just want to make sure – Everybody. <laughs> hey, speaking of personal things, you haven't mentioned our Tinder profile yet or our profile on Match.com where you can actually date the gospel friends hey, look. and take advantage of Nick's <laughs> wooing voice. But 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 they can't date us. We're married pastors. Oh. You heathen. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right. So see what we're has sending, happened. We're sending a manual in for Chase now who has to go to purgatory for... A time and a half. That's my topic for today, by the way. Purgatory. Okay, so I got in trouble for my thing earlier, and he's not getting in trouble. I just put him in purgatory but you can, for you a time and a half. You can't put him in purgatory for the next... We talked about this earlier. Hey, Facebook.com slash groups. Purgatory. Let's see what happens. 
<laughs> slash Hall of Dogma. If you want to join in the conversation, just request membership. We haven't denied anyone yet. Um, we just want a, a little bit of a wall up. No, to actually, people. we denied a couple people last week. Fred. Fred. Yep. What about Bernard? <laughs> Look, yes. We, we've told Bernard he can join when he actually starts doing his job around here, which he is not. No, he's not. This place is still a wreck. This place is a dump. I'm glad Michael didn't come. <laughs> From I mean, there, you... I wanted to meet him, but the, you know, he would have been disappointed in the studio. Oh, the studios. It's nice. It's where magic happens. Oh, yeah. You can also reach us. <laughs> <laughs> 205. I'm going to have to edit all of this out. You're not going to edit anything. Voice correspondence, 205. Go ahead. Dan. 575 9735. Tell us where the magic at. Or speak pipe for international li- listen- <laughs> listeners. Speakpipe.com backslash. Welcome to my world. Do you see this something gospel friends. And this week's episode is brought to you by Podcast Professionals of Alabama. <laughs> if you want to know how to put on a professional podcast, just check out our website, www.podcastprofessionalsofalabama.com. What is the speakpipe.com deal? Slash the gospel friends. All right. Speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. And we actually have some voicemail later. We do. It's very encouraging to play for you. But before we get to that, what's on tap? Chase. I've got an article that Chris Studdard posted in the Hall of Dogma about how everybody is kicking the mess out of Rob Bell and spitting in his tea and everything that just made me angry enough that I think I want to talk about it. (laughs) Not angry at uh, Chris. Everybody that's Chase Rob Bell. I think I'm actually right mad at the guy who wrote the article that keeps comparing Rob Bell to Jesus, which <laughs> kind of makes me unhappy. You have a Rob Bell poster on your wall at home in your bedroom. I don't understand. Just because I like him doesn't mean he's. Oh wait, I don't. All right, I am uh, doing a uh, we'll talk about how not to give porn to your kids for Christmas. How about that? It seems like how not, that wasn't how a significant concern again? for me. How not? <laughs> Nick was like, I, I wasn't planning to. <laughs> I, I thought uh, I had it covered. We had a Challies article I saw this week, which was just talking about um, all of the, the, the children who are now starting to get the iPads, iPods, different tablets mm-hmm. and stuff, and uh, just thinking down the road of, are we protecting our children as we give them those devices from being able to access porn? So we'll talk about That's that good. today. Today on a very special Gospel Friends I have things prepared that we won't get to because we'll ramble too long on the others. And, and cut your segment out? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. That's right. our plan. Getting started today, what were you thinking? It's not global. Two local stories, two, two U.S. stories. So oh, what man. were you thinking domestic, not in domestic, Alabama? domestic edition? Are they out of Alabama? Oh, we got one in Alabama. Uh-oh. But let's, gonna, let's, start, we let's start up north. Ross Township, Pennsylvania where homeowners on Fairley Road in Ross Township, Pennsylvania, say their neighbor, Bill Ansel, is terrorizing them year-round with his hostile anti-Christmas spirit. Bill Ansel. Ansel, an electrician, has a display on his yard that features a beheaded choir, a hanging Mickey Mouse, and a urinating Santa Claus that lights up at night. Are you allowed to say all those things on the air? I just did. Oh, my goodness. We're going to lose our clean tag <laughs> that we worked so hard to get restored after episode 13. Whoa. Well, so this was this was actually – so this guy – this is a picture in the notes. Um, but uh, so this guy yeah, has – We need to pull up the show notes. This guy uh, – it's kind of a sad story. This guy apparently used to have a – was really well known in his town for having a 
a big light display every year. Okay. And people would drive by and look at it. Well, he had a neighbor or some neighbors that started complaining um, because um, his um, – the lights were on and coming into their home late at night, and it was bothering them. And so he decided to get back at them by changing over his light display to a, a morbid one featuring beheaded Mickey Mouse's, or excuse me, a beheaded choir, uh, Mickey's hung, and um, urinating Santa's. Well, he doesn't look like he's doing that in the picture. Well, you can't, it, it lights up at night. Oh, hold the phone, Marjorie. So Anzel said um, he has a sign up that says this display is dedicated to the Ross Township. Shame on you for destroying my display that brought so much joy and happiness to so many people. Gee whiz. Enjoy the urinating Santa. Does it really say that? No. Okay. Added for effect by one David McConnell. He said that I used to have a beautiful display. They hated it. So this is my display now. Gosh, I mean, there's can't part of we me just that, get along? There's part of me that wants to drive by his house in Pennsylvania and see the Santa. He tacked up profane signs all over his house, attacking the township and neighbors personally. Uh-huh. Like personal na- messages? Wow. That's sad. A Virgin is... Mary here with a knife? Th- that's a what? little... Yeah. Wow. Oh. A Virgin Mary with a knife through her head. Well, that, the just took the all the, that just took all the fun out of it. Yeah, we can edit that out and still laugh. Edit that right. out. Okay. We can't laugh at that. No, we can't. Edit that's point. That's it was just awful. It was, Come on, Bill. What are you thinking, man? When we had a Santa doing number one, that was okay, but Yeah, the headless choir, no problem. Yeah, the headless choir is pretty pretty bad. Well, I guess you're right. It would be an improvement over some choirs I've heard in churches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. I'm not saying which choirs. I've been to a lot of Christmas performances. Dateline. Pinson, Alabama. Wait a minute. Now. Don't we want to do you like guys solve go? This problem do you guys go? Uh, I mean, what can we do? I guess. Well, you ruined the whole thing when you brought up the Mary. Uh, my bad. You know? I'll try to be funnier this next one. Did next you? One. Um, do you guys go look at Christmas lights? Yes, there's a great one around here with there like is. a digital, uh, 3D almost looking Santa thing. It is. I, that's we, we've Trussell, been to that. Yeah. One. Do you guys go look at Christmas lights? Next? Not if I can help it. My patience doesn't last that long. Really. Let's go file a bunch of complaints at that house in Trustful and see what that guy does with all that stuff. I bet hey, he could really get away with he it. Could, he could make some amazing things happen with that 3-day Santa. Boy, he sure could. No. All right. <laughs> Which would be good. Hey, next Christmas, you guys listening to the show right now really need to listen because there's going to be a great story. I want to get a uh, – I need to get a – I want to get a picture of Nick to put out on the Twitter, the facepalm. The, the, yeah. Face he does palm about Nick. 20 of those a show. <laughs> he does. Okay. Dateline, Pinson, Alabama. Wait a minute. That's uh, that's nearby. Fantasy football. Two popular podcast hosts boldly proclaim they will see each other in the finals, only to both choke in the semifinals and lose horribly. Nick and Chase, what do you guys think of arrogant podcast hosts that can't back up their machismo? I think you are alive right now at my pleasure. <laughs> and if you keep taunting me, I might have to come across the little – gulf that separates us over this table i'm still disgusted by my team's performance in the fantasy football gospel friends final so now we uh thank you so we we had this first ever and i know everyone doesn't like football or fantasy football so just bear with us for a second because this i think this will be a little fun i would Uh, skip ahead 30 seconds or a minute but it's us so give us about 10 Yes. So we, we started a fantasy football league for the uh, Gospel Friends show. 
And uh, Nick and Chase have been tearing up. Nick, I actually think you were probably, what, number one in the league? I was for a long time, yeah. For a long time. and no, he uh, finished number one. And uh, and so you guys, just a couple of weeks ago, looked like you were going to blaze through the finals. And I was sitting here, and you guys just were like, oh, yeah, Nick, guess it's going to be me and you. And then you guys stunk it up and uh, and and lost. Yes. Yeah, so. I'm a little bit bitter about that because I had um, – I don't pay a lot of attention to it during the week, and I've done some early edits on my team after the previous week, and then I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it just because of work and season. And um, I will try to be as respectful as I can to our, our dear friend who's also a podcast host, but there are various levels of, of uh, care for fantasy football. And because of varying degrees, there, there's been enacted a policy at the Hall of Dogma Church that uh, we, out of common courtesy, uh, we won't edit – fantasy football teams at church. And I did not get a couple of updates about my team that I noticed until I was already in the building and as such did not edit. And Well, the interesting thing is, uh, so we've got the finals. I don't know if it would have helped me, but that's what kept me from doing it. The finals being played today, the Fighting Mongooses, who's uh, Jeremiah Martin, Jeremiah Captain Martin, Cadaver Captain versus Cadaver. the Royal Reds, who, if I'm not mistaken, you said either on air or off air a couple of weeks ago you thought was a girl. <clears throat> is it is it legal a, f- a female a lady is it legal for girls to play fantasy football you know what's not legal for females to beat me at fantasy football <laughs> so chase you, she beat me you know or, or he i don't i don't know i don't know where i got the idea that royal reds was a female up, either way royal reds has right. defeated me so you not only lost last week lost last week but you may have lost to a girl uh, there's no shame in losing to a girl david you sexist pig <laughs> <laughs> and you can quote me on that because I am I'm well, I'm really proud. Person. I'm really proud of how you guys represented us so well. Um, well, you lost too. Well, I did lose, but let me let me say a couple of things about me losing because I, I do think the McConnell name is is synonymous be, with with, God, with fantasy football yeah. second place. Well, first of all, <laughs> I am in the Hall of Dogma Church League. I am in the championship game for the third year in a row. And we all know right. why that happened. And I am um, looking for a championship this year. Uh, okay. So I'm a consistent winner. Well, hold on. Yeah. How many have you won in the past? Well, anyway, I'm looking for, for a championship. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I just, what, sure. but, but not only that. Let me, not only that. Let me say this. Not only that. We have the cup of destiny that you've never held. I think the McConnell name anyway. at the end of the day is even in the – uh, Gospel Friends Fantasy League is going to do just fine because the Royal Reds is indeed managed by a girl. And I know this because I'm married to her. My wife has Are you defeated, serious? My wife is on the verge of winning our fantasy football championship. That is hilarious. Your wife is Royal Reds? My wife is the Royal Collusion. Reds. They've been working together, and David's been managing the team. No. no I'm just I looking here. I have I'm just looking here at the pickups. <laughs> Your wife doesn't know enough to pick up Jermaine Curse and Stedman Bailey. You're playing her team. No, she, she, she decided to pick Stedman Bailey up last night. It, it is what time? I am not. 
What time were the changes made? I have not managed her team. 8.39. And she may punch you in the face this afternoon when she gets here because she is so excited to let you know she beat you last week. Do you happen to know if she has a a second-string husband picked out? And by the way, she... Because you need to tell her to get him She was very excited when she beat you earlier in the season. That's funny. That was one of my only losses. It was one of your only losses. On the normal season. Now, let me tell you something. My wife, who... That is pretty funny. She she came to me at the beginning of the year when we did this, and she said, I want to play. And I said... uh, I said, really? And she said, yeah, but I don't want you to tell anybody. That's awesome. And I said, well, okay. And and she has played, and I have I have given her tips along the way, but she has managed her own team. She has decided every week if she was going to play Brady or Roethlisberger. And, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard – golly. And, and let me tell you something. That's a flip of the coin, dude. Yeah. Let me tell you guys something. If you can ever play fantasy football with your wives, do it. Because there would be like Mondays she would call. She would be like, we got to watch the game tonight. i got players playing. Oh, And I would wow. say, all right. She would throw stuff. She'd get agitated. <laughs> it was awesome. hilarious. Well, congratulations to, to you. You realize Allison. you're either not walking out of here tonight or you're not walking out of the house after she hears you talk about this, right? One of the two. <laughs> We're well, either going to beat you down a, or well, she's going to win the league. There's, I'm a, there's at the a projections chance. Right. No, no, there's she's going to win the league. I'm looking yeah. at the projections. She may beat Jeremiah. And, uh, and so it is not lost on me that my wife may win a fantasy football championship before I do. Wow, that would be epic. <laughs> well, even delightful. if you listen, listeners, you understand. If you don't like fantasy football or American football, you've got to appreciate that. Is this because week- Nick and I are astonished that Royal Reds is your wife yeah. and our fantasy football Royal Reds? Oh, I get it. Oh, look, I get it. it. But yeah, that was hard to pick out. Red once hair. You okay. said it's her. Um, will the uh, whoops? Will the Hall of Dogma Church? <laughs> will the Hall of Dogma- I don't actually know why we keep that secret. But anyway. I don't think it's that secret. Will the Hall of Dogma Church League be decided today? No, no it's a two-week it's a deal. It's the ESPN two-week. Standard League. Okay. And you're playing against uh, Christopher, right? Yep. That is delightful. And, she, and by the way, she chose Stedman Bailey on her own last night on the way back from my mom. She was desperately going through who she could put in instead of um, instead of. That's a pretty Edelman good pickup. Hurt, so. she, look, she watches this thing throughout the week. Hey, look, man! Text you play you stuff. play fantasy football two, three weeks, and, and it's it's it will grab you. It, it is much better, you know. If you've ever made fun of somebody for playing, it, it, the fact is you probably just never played before. It's more interesting than you ever thought it would it, be. It is, all right, and it, and it will it will occupy more time, more of your time than you may feel comfortable once you start playing. Yeah, and it, you know, I'm I'm not sure that's a good thing. I mean, it's not like us Americans waste uh, we we waste plenty of time. Yes, we do. All right, well, guys, right. that's that's the end of uh, what were you thinking for today? Uh, that was a lot of fun. So sometimes you point at your laptop. I never know what you mean. I'm by pointing that. at my laptop because I'm I'm ready to move on to the game if you okay. would like. But so I, it's, it's supposed to be me that says the the line. But I mean, well, you, no, there's something you else had before something that. else in the show notes. And oh, I, was trying oh, I to did. Point thank you. you. Uh, thank you. I did want to explain the title for last week's show, which was Emmanuel. I hope you are cleverer than David. I simply put that at the top of the show notes because you never could find the show notes documents when I make that make make them, and, and I put that at the top. And Emmanuel and I had a little funny conversation when he found them within five minutes of me adding him. So somehow well, Nick made that the title of the show. I didn't actually intend for it to be the title of the show. So if anybody's wondering last week uh, what happened there, Emmanuel is indeed cleverer than David, but. That wasn't necessarily meant for the title. I okay. didn't want to insult you that way. You, uh, I didn't know, and all I saw was line at the top. Well, that makes it's sense. Good, it's a good choice. Well, and I had no idea. You know, all the banter that could have gone on in the episode, I figured, 
and eh, I'm sure there's something to this. Well, how about this week's title is David's Wife Crushes Everybody at Fantasy Football. <laughs> I like that one. She will like that. I bet she Great. will. Now I'm mad. It's time to pu- – where are you going? <laughs> I want you to do that. I need to get a pen. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I forgot we're not on video, so nobody can Help see us, you kind of get up. Okay, so David has just left the studio and back. picked up some random scraps of paper from somewhere. And apparently it's 1943. Nobody has computers. Do your thing. Okay. It's time to play the game. What are those scraps of paper for? I don't keep score. You know the game we're playing right now? He needs the paper for the game. Because there's not a scoreboard app or all right. And everybody Excel. All that this rattle. week, guys, is uh you you two uh fantasy Great football band. losers are going to uh face off in a game called Google Mania. Google Mania. Google okay. Mania. Do we get to use Google? Nope. You don't. Well that's not fair. <laughs> the uh so Google has recently released their top ten. Google searches for 2014. Oh dear, I haven't here read this. in the good old U.S. of A. Can I look him up real quick? No, that's the game. You guys are going to guess what was on the top ten Google searches for 2014. Oh, fantastic! Now let me give you a couple of uh, couple of rules. Number one, these are trending topics. So, like for example, the category we call marital fruit would not be one of these um, one of the topics. Okay? Cranberries. <laughs> You'll have to tell me about that one later. Well, that explains a lot. Anyway, um, so we uh, – And it raises even more questions. Five kids. How I've did you get those? Kids. Exactly. How did they get here? If- so uh, these are actual – these are going to be like you know real-life events and people and things. What were the top ten Google searches? Trending topics for the year. Here's how it's going to work. When I come to you, I'll go to you first, Chase. Uh, you can – do a couple things. You can either just answer. You're trying to guess one of those top okay. ten. Sounds if you good. guess it correct, you get two points. Fantastic. Or you can ask me for a hint before you make a guess. And if I if I get a hint, I get three points. You get one point. Oh, snap. That's now, not good. if you guess and you get it wrong, it is minus a point just for fun because I can and it's my game. Gosh, this is so, very complicated. I see now why you got a yeah. stylus so, and some papyrus to write on. Give me one of the top ten Google searches for 2014. Oh, my gosh. Uh, or you can ask for him. Oh, shoot. Um, I Just off the top of my head. Yep. Um, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is incorrect. So oh, make geez, a list, really? negative one. Nick. Ferguson. Ferguson is on the list. That's wow. two points for... Nick. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Not for points or not? Has the movie The Interview or anything about North Korea made it on there yet? No. Okay. I was just wondering. I knew that happened later in the year. I was wondering. All right, Chase, back to you. Jennifer Lawrence. Is not correct. You're at negative two. (laughs) You can ask for a hint. Nick? (laughs) Do y'all watch the news? I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go to the next layer of what he's talking about, but I'm not willing to to do that. Uh, let's give me a hint. Okay. Um, this is a place. A big, heavily accented bear lives right next door to me. A big, heavily accented bear lives right next door to me. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm out. Um, Ukraine. Ukraine. A big, heavily accented bear. The big bear. Russia. Now you've ticked off the Russians. Good job. (laughs) Great. Great. Because Ukraine was on the list. Known for Chase stuff. Yeah, you counted on geography to be involved. Chase? I was trying to think like Yogi the Bear. I mean, you don't have an accent. I'm going Ukraine. Are we talking about Honey Boo Boo? Ukraine has been on the news. Chase. Yes, it has. You're at negative two right now. That's great. That's a good score. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to ask you for a hint. Okay. Big summer blowout. <laughs> um, See, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to let Chase keep losing points. That's a good plan. Because I've got positive two. So. Big summer blowout. Hello, family. Oh, my. I, I'm sorry. I don't have a guess. Okay. That would be the movie Frozen. Big summer. That's what the dude says when they walk. the The guy that runs the outpost. Right. Oh, he, you might recall from the episode where we did Frozen trivia that I've never seen the movie. Nick, just let it go. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Why is that funny? Would you like a hint? I would. Wow, that was cold. Hey, Frozen the movie because no. that matches more summer blowout or whatever. Okay. Wow, that was cold. Wow, that was cold. Um, trying to think of other movies, but Frozen was Frozen released this year? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was released this year, but oh, it was one of the top ten Google searches. Something in Google searches. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I got nothing. Okay, that was the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, which was oh, huge this year. That is a big, big one. Chase, like a hint. I've apparently been asleep for uh, 2014. Most of the year, yeah. Well, I'm thinking the I, you know my my brain really is zoned in on the last half of the year, so okay. I'm, I'm more. I forgot about the uh, like a hint. Well, uh, there's one of them I cannot believe you're not getting right now. Anyway. Um, I don't know what about Kardashian. No. Holy negative three. I, I this think, is like I think the Nick, you're going to win. Ever. Would you like a hint? For another one, yeah, a couple more. All right, I'm a bird, but I'm not angry. I am a bird, but I'm not angry. I don't, I'm a thing of Rovio, but I can't think what they. Did it bag peas? Why would they app on the phone? Flappy Bird. Yes. Flappy Bird's one of the top ones. Wow, that is hilarious. You guys have covered. They had that big drama where he pulled it off the app. You guys have covered the bottom five. Oh top 10, uh, it's number 10 top searches for Google in 2014 was Ukraine, followed by Frozen, followed by Ferguson. Um, actually, there's one, I'm sorry, that you didn't get. Uh, uh, number seven, y'all haven't guessed. Number six, ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Number five, Flappy Bird. We've got uh, a few more, but uh, we'll, we'll get ready to wrap up. You want to make another guess, Chase? Want Sony Hack. No. Probably would have done well, but it was last it's, half it's, of the year. Yeah, it's a little little late. Okay. Nick, you want a hint? Hit me. Name association. So this is a name associated with this thing. Quarantine. This is the one I can't believe Chase didn't get. Uh, Ebola. Ebola. Mm. Number three. Wow. I, I am actually surprised. Yeah, I thought Chase would have that. Chase, football kind of. I'm just trying to help you out. That's a hint? Yeah. Football kind of fantasy football? <laughs> No, that was another point. Uh, World, World Cup. Cup. So, that's soccer. It's a different game. Chase, yeah, football, uh, but, okay. all right, you, Nick, I'm you're going to you're gonna win four to negative four. Here. Here's the ones you guys didn't get. So, uh, number seven was ISIS. Okay. Um, 
Number four, you didn't get. Now, number five was Flappy Bird. Number four, Malaysia Airlines, MH370. The number one Google search for all of 2014, Robin Williams. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, and we even did a did an episode on that. Interesting. Yeah. Now, it's, this is trending so that this is trending. it would be year to year, so yeah. more Robin Williams searches over from 2014. From 2014. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I get, I get thrown. Yeah. That is, that is what's interesting about the Google results because sometimes you are utterly embarrassed at what was prevalent in the news yeah. and then what people actually cared about. Okay. About. Well, at least I came in second. How about that? That's a positive way of winning at it. That's a great way of looking at it. So, Nick, we don't cut your segment this week. You actually get to go first. Oh, what a game! What a joke. I'm disgusted. This is delightful. Um, <laughs> I so want to pick on you right now, Chase. You should. Um, I deserve it. Pick well, away. Oh, that's delightful. So, funny story. Um, I had put some clips in Evernote, and then it updated and rebooted. Hooray, I get to do my story. Okay, <laughs> no. here we go. Um, Back to you, Chase. With time. Yes, thank you, Chase. Here's – I'm sorry. <laughs> um, with with uh, time in mind, we'll just hit a couple of things from the hall. Um, I have really enjoyed watching you all's discussions. I haven't been able to participate uh, the last couple of weeks. But uh, one of the things that came up there and just other places on my Facebook feed, so I'll, I'm going to cheat um, – what advice or encouragement would you guys give um, specifically parents this time of the year? Uh, more kind of prevalent to me, but uh, as people are going through family Christmas traditions and um, maybe some of those traditions are at odds with gospel focused mentality and lifestyle, mm-hmm. what encouragement or advice would you give people, um, either personally or in terms of parenting? Well, I, I, I think I can, I, I can give a, a throw out there. Um, our family doesn't do Santa Claus, mm-hmm. okay? So sometimes that separates us ho, from, ho, ho, ho. from other families Green that giant. do Santa Claus and stuff like that. And here's Far here's what day. I would say, and, and I mean this sincerely from the bottom of my heart. This is not something you should fight with other people about. This is a kind of a family decision that the mom and dad makes. There is no sense in the world. If you're pro-Santa Claus, there's no sense in the world to try to convert somebody that's anti-Santa Claus and vice versa. Um, I, I, this is not something to fight about, especially around Christmas time. It might be a great discussion in March or July or whenever – but around Christmas time, I mean, talk about Jesus, focus on the gospel, pray for each other, encourage each other, exhort each other. But if you're, uh, I mean, again, I, I kinda, I'm kind of passionate for our family that we're not going to, uh, you know, we kind of joke around about Santa Claus, even put his name on some of the presents and talk about St. Nicholas and, 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 you know, his historical origins and stuff like that. But if somebody else wants to do Santa Claus, that's not my, I'm not going to go, you know, Start a fight with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the wisest thing, but this is, I just, uh, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, about your Christmas traditions, these are things you shouldn't fight about. Mm-hmm. Love each other. Don't complain and criticize. Um, I, I guess I sound a little like a hippie. Can't we all just get along? I'm not saying they're not important decisions. I'm saying there's a better way to handle them than fighting. Is is the question? I read the. I know the post in the hall that kind of in, inspired this. this question. Um, but is is the way you're asking it? Is it specifically about Santa, or is it just about uh, it, how it to deal with anything? Uh, you know, uh, I know some of our. I know the post in the hall seemed to be about um, being around family who had different. 
um, views spiritually and them it talking about anything. that around the kids. Um, I know but, everything from, you know, you all are conservative, but, you know, this week you're having to be around family that yeah. are not conservative. Or, you know, I know we have a family in the Hall Dogma Church that doesn't celebrate break Christmas at all. It's just kind of how you would encourage people to navigate those waters this week. Anything you're thinking of. I got you. I got you. Yeah, there, there's, uh, you know, uh, this this time of year can be uh, joyous and uh, a, a lot of great family celebrations, and then sometimes it's it's hard. Uh, sometimes you're, you're celebrating with people that maybe you have issues with that have not been resolved, um, or as the Post in the Hall is talking about, varying views of beliefs spiritually, and you're worried about that, you know, impacting the kids. We've ran into a few things at family gatherings before where, you know, because there are uh, – we don't do the Easter Bunny, uh, but we've had people ask our kids about that. You know, mm-hmm. what did the Easter Bunny bring you? And they'll be like, oh, you know, we don't believe in the Easter Bunny. And then we'll go, oh, why do you, don't you believe in the Easter Bunny? And I don't get upset about those kinds of things, but I do know sometimes we're in a place where people have different – and varying views. Um, my biggest thing is, I guess my, you know, uh, the Bible talks about where where it is up to you, be at peace with everyone. And uh, so I think um, attempting to make gatherings work, not just avoiding them because they might be difficult, is probably where I would start. But having said that, I don't think that means you allow your you or your family to be, you know, or your children to be put into a position that's compromising that you would, um, uh, that you would feel like you were having to compromise in order to, to stay there. In other words, yeah. I've got to let my kids listen to this. Sure. One thing I would, I would say is it's always okay to, as awkward as it may be, pull a family member aside. And I would speak to the men in the families, the husbands, and say, you do this. Don't make your your wife do this if at all possible, but pulling that family member aside and just saying, hey, look, we want to celebrate Christmas, want to be here with you. If you would, let's not talk about politics um, around the kids. So let's not talk about – you you know this religious view uh, because the kids are here we I just don't want to get into this. It's at not Christmas. your job to indoctrinate somebody else's. Yeah, it's, it's in, not. In that, it's, especially it's not. not in politics and things like that. And just asking them, could we could we not talk about this around the kids? And, and look, that that family member has a couple of of you know uh, options at that point mm-hmm. to tell you to you know go go take a hike and they'll do what they want and then at that point well you can make the decision whether or not you're going to stay yeah. you've made a good effort to try to keep sure. peace um but hopefully they will be able to say okay yeah you know what you're right this can wait for later uh so i, I guess i my first piece of advice was be try to try to handle it head on grace you know truth in grace mm-hmm. and uh, and hopefully uh, find a common ground there where you could say let let's just not talk about this at, yep. at you know at at, at Christmas. Um, so it's that, fu- it's funny we were we taken for granted. Um, we were very clear with my my oldest the age um, where kind of Santa would have become more than just something, and she would start expecting him. And school you know mentioned it and things like that. And, and we've we were very intentional with her, and then we just kind of took it for granted. Well, we don't do Santa. And didn't think anything of it, really, because at Christmas time, it's never been we're waiting on Santa. It's never been be good. It's never been any of that. But like my five-year-old the other night at supper was was actually asking about Santa. I'm like, oh, hold on. And I just kind of expected him to learn it by proxy. And when I said, hey, buddy, you know, Santa is just a story or, you know, kind of walk through that with him. It wasn't a big <gasps> because we had, we had never purported it to him. Yeah. Um, but it was still something I'm like, there's enough just – 
assumption in the world about the reality of this that it it kind of permeated him. And I'm like, oh. And so I'm, I'm glad we were able to catch it and have that conversation with during our Advent time one night. So it was, it was pretty cool. But it was just like there's just such an assumption that kids believe this. And mm-hmm. and I had assumed that mine didn't because, you know, and, and then I was questioned of, well, why? And so I guess my encouragement would probably be just be intentional. Um, one of the things that I'm really thankful for about the Hall of Dogma Church was uh, the Advent tradition that a lot of families have here that we've adopted. Um and that really helped us have a defined time around Christmas for us to focus our family on, on why we celebrate Christmas. And so, um, you know, the biggest thing I can think of is probably having your own family's tradition, uh, even if even if the Christmas week gets very hectic. Because I know a lot of families have to travel, things like that. Have a cr- Christmas tradition of your own uh, that's that's for your own, for your enjoyment, for your, you know, unity, but also for you to kind of teach your own children. I'm thinking of kids, obviously, um, and that'll help. Well, and, and one thing, too, there, I, I, you know, especially if you have older kids, I would say, you know, even from the Christian side, everything doesn't have to be a debate. Uh, no. you, you know, you may be going to a family gathering kind of on guard because you're expecting um, polit- politic questions mm-hmm. to come up or issues, and you may feel like, you know, there may be something in you that you just feel like I need to debate this, or I need to I need to talk about this, and everything doesn't have to be a debate. Sometimes it's okay just to let people talk, and you you know let them let them do what they're going to do, and, and mm-hmm. then move on. And even if your kids are older, mm-hmm. maybe it's an opportunity to just kind of pull the kids aside and say, you know, hey, I know you heard Uncle Frank say this. That's not that's not what we think. That's not our view. We'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Just for right now, just have fun. And 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 then once you get home. Deal with that with the kids. In other words, maybe it kind of teaches your children not everything has to be this huge deal that causes you to separate and pull out of the family and go home. Sometimes there's a point that you may may need to do that. But it's not always that you you can put up with some things to keep peace for this gathering – and 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 deal with it at a, at a different yeah, time. Don't you know? separate over over things like politics. I, I've seen friendships and stuff ruined over that. I can understand passionate disagreement, but I think Romans twelve actually has some good words for for us going into the holiday seasons where these kind of fights are kind of common. And, and just remember, these are commands from God's word. So Romans twelve fourteen, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Uh, Romans 12, uh, 17, repay no one evil for evil, get, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Romans twelve eighteen, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Mm-hmm. Never avenge yourselves. So that, that's some pretty that solid so advice there for, from Paul, and I think probably really should be central in our minds as we gather together with a family that, especially a family that might have a history of uh, quarreling. Yeah, yeah. Two quick funnies. Um, one kind of a follow up on this. Corey Drummond, uh, he posted something from Twitter into the the Hall of Dogma uh, via at Rev underscore No Respect. I remember how bad I felt when I found out Santa wasn't real. Almost as bad as when I found out deacons weren't. <laughs> wow. Any, any, hey. Anybody on that one? No. Okay. Let me care about that. Hey, is Corey the one who posted about the uh, Hunch Brothers pizza? I, think, I don't I remember. Think it seemed like that. That had been a little bit ago. Oh, yeah. Anyway, do you like Hunt Brothers? It is I, Corey that posted. About I do that. like Hunt Brothers pizza. God, this gas station pizza. That just sounds pizza nasty. Game. I like Tostino's pizzas. Those little. Oh, awesome. those are nasty. I've had those terrible. You They're don't like, a, like those? It's like, like a dollar pizza. Yes, I know. They are awesome. And they taste like a dollar pizza. Chase, I don't know, but we're gonna have to have a conversation after the show. Um, 
me and David may not be able to work in conditions like this. You like Tostino's pizza? That, that stuff is deliciously awful. Yes. It's oh, awesome. Gosh. Yeah. You guys probably would have enjoyed the, the, the school I went to that had these rectangular things with rabbit pellet kind of – That's the best pizza That is the best pizza earth. ever. School pizza is, is the best pizza ever. Dude. Have you guys actually ever had a to... real <laughs> delicious pizza? Because there is such a thing. I used to go to – No weird. lie. I, I found after I graduated from high school, I found um, a, a place here in Birmingham that carried the school pizzas, and I would buy them at, for my house. Oh my gosh! No wonder you like gas station pizza. <laughs> um, one more from Chris. Help me out with the last name because I always butcher it. Thank you. Stood odd. Um, I don't. I don't want to start a fight with this one. I just thought it was really funny because I grew up charismatic, and then I pendulum swung a little bit away from it, and I'm, I'm back in the middle of the road now. But uh, if your quote unquote Holy Ghost just makes you run and dance, but doesn't help you live holy, uh, then it's not the Holy Ghost. It's ADHD. And so, going to leave that one there. Um, we had a lot of good discussion in the hall this week. Uh, some things were just kind of funny, and and I love those kind of seeing those pop up on Facebook throughout the day because some of these just kind of make me chuckle. If you can, if you can take them uh, like that one, the Holy Ghost thing, I you know there was I, some deep stuff in there. Oh, there um, were eternal torment, annihilationism, yeah. universalism. I was going discussion. with the. There's parts of the hall that throughout the day make me just kind of chuckle, and it's really nice. And then there's things that y'all make me go. Hey guys, we can we can we wait till after work because some of the stuff y'all post is heavy, but I love it and I and I love the community in there. Y'all have heard me talk about that before, so I appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody's respect for one another and encouragement where people just really try to take the questions, not try to start up fruitless controversies like we're talking about, but really do try to encourage one of those. So thank you. I, I do have a, posts in here. Yeah, I do have a question. The, the 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 video that Chris Atwood posted about the pastor. See, died. I haven't watched that yet. Singing happy is that was that real? I think it was real. Yeah. Uh, that really happened. I think so. Wow! I, I, like, I noticed. I saw that post. I noticed that like nobody even really wanted to. Nobody really wanted to comment or like I on did. it. It I was, was like, scared as soon as I it saw. Was it. Like everybody saw it, but like I just I just pictured everybody was just like, ah, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> yep, I'm staying away. I'm just going to keep scrolling. So. I do in the comments. Chris has a an, an emoticon. Uh, well, that's of a he, rim shot. That was is, because um, that was because Jeff Hendricks was not afraid to comment. <laughs> Good old Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, it's it's on ChristianPost dot com. So I, I guess it's uh, as so, much as I Christian Post has some great articles and some terrible ads, and they should be ashamed of the way they run their website with all this junky ads from the nineties. But other than that, it's a pretty reputable website. So. Nice. Well, I'll go ahead and pass it back to David, uh, the facilitator of the game. Do I get the middle? Yeah. Okay, so... You're the the ham in the sandwich, buddy. I only like ham. Bread? Bread? You don't like ham, but you like school pizza with rabbit droppings on top. There you go. Who's the cheese and mustard? Bernard. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) Bernard, Bernard, absolutely. All right, so, my MacBook. I don't know. So we, um, you know, everybody. I'm seeing kids now, younger and younger, getting the iPhones, i iPads, iPods, sure. things like that. We have them in our home. Uh, we have our our kids who have uh, i devices that 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 we've bought used or refurbished, and uh, and it, it you know more and more that is that's happening, and so um, it is. Uh, 
Tim Challies from Challies.com, C-H-A-L-L-I-E-S, who posts great things every day, articles, and a lot of uh, – I think we've mentioned him before. Um, and post a lot of uh, deals, Kindle deals, and, and things like that. But uh, he, he posted an article this week. It was called, Please Don't Give Them Porn for Christmas. And, um, catchy so, title. Yeah, it was, it was catchy. It was like, okay, he, he did what – it worked with me, what he was trying to do. I went and clicked on the article. But essentially what, what Tim – talks about here is he's not he's not railing against kids getting uh, tablets and phones and things like that. He, he, he talks in here about how temptations, excuse me, statistics don't lie. Um, according to recent research, 52% of pornography is now viewed through mobile devices, and one in five searches from mobile devices for porn. The average first age of exposure to pornography is 12, and he goes on, 9 out of 10 Boys, six out of ten girls will be exposed to pornography before the age of eighteen. So a lot of you know uh, um, um, statistics that we've heard many times before. And so Tim makes this statement: the fact is, giving your children computers, iPods, tablets, any of these devices gives them access to the major gateway to pornography. The statist- statistics are intimidating, but not inevitable. So he goes on to talk about some goals that you should have as parents, which I'll, I'll deal with in just a moment. Um, he is not, again, advocating, um, from what I can tell, for not having uh, tablets and phones and computers given to your kids, but rather for parents that when you give these devices, you know, he makes the point, don't just rely on the fact that, well, I don't think my child would do this. I, I trust them. I don't think they would search for anything they shouldn't. Uh, he, he talks about it can happen accidentally. It can yeah. happen in just, um, in, in, just a, in just a moment. And I've seen that uh, myself, and, and may, may share a story or two here in a minute. But um, he said, you know, we may give our teen his first laptop. We warn him about the responsibility, and we send him on his way. Maybe we make a mental note to follow up in a couple of weeks, but we're sure he'll do just fine. He'll talk to me if he has any questions, and, and that's the end of it. And so he's just when saying he this those is those sites, he's not going to talk to you, Dad. No. Yeah, so he's saying this is a dangerous thing. So I, I guess, guys, just I know that you – we all have kids. I think all of our kids have some type of electronic gadget um, or so, access to one. Or access to one. So what are your thoughts? Maybe do you have any experience with this, or what do you do to provide some protection for your kids in that area? Well, uh, look, as this, Sam and I, uh, a friend of the show, Sam Knowles, and I used to do a, a computer radio show for several years. One of the things we always told parents is you cannot have an Internet-connected computer in your kid's room because that is essentially like having a you know, a library of pornography in your kid's room that they can access any time. Now, with tab, this was before the day of tablets and, and, and such, uh, with with Kindles and iPads and things like that. Tim's uh, Tim Tallies is absolutely right. This is a serious issue, um, and, and I think it's I think it is ultimately incredibly naive to think that your kids are not at some point going to be tempted to look up something. Now, number one, it's naive to think that the sin nature might be in them to do that. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's ignorant of the way that the Internet works to think that perhaps even your kids let, – let's just say they're never going to search for something inappropriate. You, The three of us know the Internet well enough that, that you can go – a month without searching something inappropriate and still see plenty of inappropriate yeah. things online because of the very nature of the Internet and how dangerous it is out there. So I think Tim has nailed it. Um, 
with the proliferation of tablets, you know, the, Christmas is about to happen. Lots and lots of kids are going to get tablets. Uh, look, personally, uh, my daughter has a has a cell phone. We also we have two iPads that the kids share. I, at this point, um, going through a year of that, I've got to say you've got to be incredibly vigilant to keep up with that. I mean, like check the devices on a daily basis. Uh, in a minute, we'll talk about Tim Challey's porn-free family plan, yeah. which I think is uh, worth talking about. Yeah. But those are my initial thoughts. What do you think, Nick? Um, I, I will admit when David first um, mentioned the article, my, my contrarian nature uh, rose up a little bit, and it, and it's still back there because you know you have a contrarian nature. I suppress. Well, anyway, we're not going to go there right now. Um, his statement about you're giving your kids a gateway to porn. It just porn is such a buzzword in every Christian website I read, and it just it it feels to me like just click here, click here. I mentioned porn. You've got to read it. And 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 I know Charlie's and respect a lot of things, respecting for a lot of things I've read. And so I don't want to minimize that, but. You know, I also don't want people to go, oh, I can't give my kid an iPod because they can get to porn. Well, here's my – here's I guess where the, the contrarian to me went, hey, dads, do you watch NFL football or even college football with your sons? Because those camera angles on the cheerleaders aren't focusing on the cheers, brother. They're, they're focusing on everywhere you're trying to teach your son not to look at the girls. And, and so to me, I just – I want to go – Yes, be mindful of your gadgets, but be mindful of the other things you're doing with your kids. Be mindful of, of what you're teaching them by your life. And so that's I guess that's where the contrarian in me rose up because, you know, oh, we're not going to give them an iPad because they can they can get, get to porn. What about the magazines that come into your house? What about, what about the movies they walk in and see you watch? And so I guess part of me wants to go, if we're going to talk about how to help your kids avoid pornography or, or, or inciting them to lust, because – at the age, by, by grace, I don't think my eldest has kind of gone to the age where she's yeah. going to start be interested in, in looking for herself. Chase's kids are closer to an age where that temptation may may be there. And so for me, I'm, I'm still trying to uh, probably guard against accidental, kind of what Chase was talking about. You can browse the Internet and not be looking for anything and find plenty. So my yeah. – what I try to do is, is avoid accidental, and so um, I, I haven't read his, his porn-free plan, but just a couple of quick word, words of advice. Um, if you're talking about a computer, I can, I can tell you this easier. Adblock, uh, every popular browser has an extension uh, toolbox. Uh, get, an, get an extension called Adblock or something like it. Um, it's going to remove those sidebar ads um, that find any reason to put anything inappropriate. Um, and, and they'll help block that a little bit. Another thing that's been that's been huge in my house is um, a website called OpenDNS.com, and uh, you can do this a couple of different ways. There's a couple of different services that do this, um, but it filters. Now, where this won't help is it won't help for cellular devices. So, in mine and David's case, and in, on Chase's two iPads, it would probably help, but it won't help on the daughter's cell phone. But what it does is it routes all your internet traffic through a place where you can set a filter list. And the, the categories I um, I set up on our OpenDNS filter, um, I can't even get to Sports Illustrated because they have a certain issue every year that they advertise yeah. that is not conducive. Um, and I'll just, you know, for age appropriate, I'll just leave it like that. But because that's a feature of their site, I go to ESPN 
but I can't get a Sports Illustrated. Just and so you can be pretty. Um, some generic categories on OpenDNS will help with that. Um, it, it'll help, but I got to say, oh, it won't. It won't solve the problem. Yeah, I'm not saying that filtering will only catch half. Well, so what else do you do? Um, I'm thinking of parental controls on the devices. Parental controls um, are good. I think Amazon's uh, free time. By the way, probably has the best parental controls around for Kindle devices. I'm not been very impressed with parental controls on uh, iPads and stuff. Well, see, I'm not impressed with them either. But that's, I mean, that is the device of choice, well, uh, you know. And that's yeah. it, for a lot of the kids here because you know they want to be able to to FaceTime and iMessage, and you know, I don't know. I By the way, I'd, our kids don't get browsers. On, on their device, so you have them completely to, disabled. No, they cannot browse the internet. Period. Yeah. Well, you, see, what do you have it restricted off? Yes, it's turned off. Turned off. Yes. Where the can you turn the browser off on those? Yes. Oh, yeah. I did not know you could yes. do that. And you can turn the app store off. And so yes, you can. I, and that's what we do. You know, so far my daughter doesn't. She doesn't care about browsing. She wants to play the app she's got. She wants to to read her Kindle books. She wants to make videos on Video Star, and she wants to. FaceTime your daughters. <laughs> so, well, and that's you know. we, we've 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 used the because uh, there's a restriction that you can put on there basically where they can't go to anything and and it blocks like I had it where it blocked every web blocks all websites except the ones that you allow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there were some things that they came to me and asked me to unblock because um, they were doing all those and I'm. I'm sure a lot of people have maybe your kids have done them the rubber band oh, yeah, deals yeah. where they they um you know putting together the little action figures or whatever mm-hmm. you started off with bracelets bands. and it went to all yeah. sorts of stuff but there's videos you can access on YouTube sure. that'll show you how to do the more complicated ones and that's where I actually first started one of my daughters wanted to search on YouTube for song lyrics uh, mm-hmm. to songs and so I mean it was Christian songs um, and you know, I let her do that, but underneath, you know how YouTube does where they'll come in and suggest other oh, yeah. videos oh, yeah. and the videos they were suggesting were not videos that I wanted her to see. Right. And so, um, I, Tim gets into in that, uh, porn free pa- family plan. Um, he gets into some really, uh, some details about what you can do in putting this into your, your, for your family. And, um, We'll put those in the notes, and, and I don't know if Chase has anything to highlight over, out of that in a minute. Here's what I would say, just as a conversation starter. I think I would just say to parents is make this a deal. Like you may maybe you're listening to this and think, well, I've never really, I've never really thought of this. Think of it. This is a this is a conversation that needs to be ha- needs to be had. I am not a fuddy duddy. I'm a tech guy. And I like Apple stuff, so you guys know I like top of the line tech tech stuff. <laughs> I, I that Chromebook looks really good right there for me. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a poor uh, top of the line tech guy, so I've got to go with the Chromebook. But nice. he, here's the th- let me give you two things I see that are dangerous for um, our families right now. One more practical. I have I have started uh, even with my family now because I started this several months ago. I started noticing it. Now I'm being intentional about it. When we go out to eat at a restaurant, I intentionally look around at tables to see what families are doing. We went out mm-hmm. to eat the other night, and and I there are I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but there are couples, you know, husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend sitting across from each other, not talking, both of them looking at their phone. Yeah. I have seen tables full of entire families with moms and dads on the phone, kids all on some type of device. I think unintentionally we're killing communication in families with these. And I, again, I'm not a fuddy duddy. I just, we've started very simply in our home. I don't take my phone into a restaurant. I leave my phone in the car. 
um, and I don't let my kids take their iPads or iPods or whatever. If we're going out to to a meal, we sit and, and eat a meal together, mm-hmm. and I, I say let's not take anything in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I've forgotten a few times, but that's in general sure. the rule that I've been trying to enact in, in, in our house. Um, and, of course, at the table, um, I, I would say – don't have them. Um, although sometimes, you know, you forget, you get toward the end of the meal and you're like, oh, I need to check my, oh, yeah. my text messages or something. But, but that's, that's the goal. That's what I'm, that's the goal that I've reached for. But then secondly, um, any way that your children can find their way intentionally or accidentally into pornography it is a door that you've got to work to close. I, I've shared before, I believe on here, but I, I had a 10 year addiction battle with pornography that started because I found a way to access free Cinemax in my room when I was a kid and watched late-night Cinemax movies, and it opened a door. Hmm. Those what would be called soft porn movies today, um, and was I guess was called that then, uh, those opened a door to a 10-year battle with pornography that could have destroyed my family, if not by the grace of God. And it, it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I wasn't even trying to find it when I found it. I was just going through channels, discovered it, and it opened the door for I wasn't looking for it. it I just yeah. I came across it. And once I came across it, there was something in me that I desired to see more okay. of that. And it, it went from there to magazines to, you yeah. know, on and on. So if 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 there's a door there and a possibility to a door, it needs to be shut. It needs to be closed. And we as parents need to take responsibility. Don't – this is my fear is that we get into a thing where families just think their kids are entitled to these tablets and devices and phones. Everybody else is getting them, so they're giving them out, and you give them out without even thinking about the possibilities of what these devices may cause harm in your family. Absolutely, and I'll say say a couple of things here because of my background, and we all have tech background. I used to run a company and and, and uh, a tech company, and people still will occasionally come to me for help, especially with this pornography problem. Because I'm the same as David, I had had years long struggle with it, and have been quite open about it. And um, again, I've warned parents for years about this issue. So sometimes parents will find a problem with porn in their uh, with their kids, and they'll come ask me <clears throat> for advice. Look. Six, seven, I, I think the earliest, uh, youngest I've seen is in the five or six range of kids searching. I mean, not accidentally getting on it and not maliciously searching for it, but searching for naked people. I mean, v- various search terms yeah. where you know it's not accidental. It, it happens in an incredibly young age. So let me say this. I'll, I'll, so let me say that. And let, me, let me say this. Parents. You have got to be vigilant. Exactly what David's saying in this show. You have got to be vigilant. Your kids might have greater tech ability than you do. You might think they'll be able to outthink you. But mom and dad, you better be the mom and dad. You better do your homework. If you expect your kids to come home from school and do their homework, if you're going to give your kids a tablet or a laptop or something like that and you're clueless about the Internet, within a few weeks – they're not going to be clueless about the internet, and you've just given them. And, and I'm not—I don't want to be an alarmist. My my kids, you've heard. Uh, my daughter has a cell phone. She's 13. We're vigilant about it, but she has it. Uh, we have iPads. We have Kindles. We have Kindle Fire. I mean, we've got tech. Yeah. But you've got to be vigilant about it um, because there is just some grave dangers out there. I don't want to be alarmist, 
but I have I have just looked through too many computers where I found very clear evidence of pornography searches and kids that haven't even hit puberty yet, and. I've have I've had too many parents talk to me just like they're clueless about the internet. Well, you can't be. If you're going to let your kids get on the internet, you cannot be clueless about the internet. And the way you learn is by doing and by studying. And it, and there's, it's really not an excuse to. It, it's just odd to me so often that that um, young children, teenagers, etc., are more tech savvy than their parents. Well, and I would have been, don't let that happen. I would have probably, my dad was the kind of guy he didn't, you know, and of course when he, this was, you know, 15 years ago. So, but he wasn't, he didn't really care about the tech, you know, stuff. And so I could have seen as I could see if, if it was today and I was a teenager today, I could see my dad saying, yeah, I don't understand anything about that. You know, and I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot oh, from yeah. parents who say, I don't understand anything about it. Well, you've got to understand about, about it if you're going to let it in your home. It's you like just, leaving loaded guns to. laying around yeah. and moms and dads not knowing how they work, but the kids yeah. do know how they work. That's a little dangerous. You've got to, and, and, and I guarantee you could find somebody uh, in your circle, your church or wherever, who would be willing to give you a crash course on how to figure things out. I, uh, um, Go I, to, look, I, be, I'm, I'll be as, as simple-minded as this. Find the youth pastor in your church. Find... Find the guy in the sound booth in your church. Yeah, yeah, there. I mean, there. There is somebody in your church who understands this and is, Lord willing, it, you know, assuming you go to a reasonable gospel center church, there is somebody that will help you with yeah. with this. And there are plenty. And buy him lunch or something, you know. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Be, yes, please be nice to your tech people. Um, <laughs> they get requests all the time. They do, and they don't mind helping you. But you know, if you're an accountant and you know there's a reasonable level of accounting you would help people with, and then you would go. All right, this is what I do for a living. Think similarly, please. Sure. Um, something like that. But anyway. Um, I, I don't – and again, I don't want to be alarmist either, but I'll tell you a quick story and then I want to go over these goals and, and we can we can move on. I, his, I was skimming his article while you're reading. Today. It's a great article. Yeah, the Porn Free is, Family Plan? Yeah. We need to link that in our notes. Chalies.com slash uh, – just Google the, the Chalies Porn Free Family Plan. And it's C-H-A-L-I-S. Yeah, I'll, I'll have it in there. It's, but I had, I had someone come to me one time and um, – their uh, essentially their son had been arrested for trying to pick up a prostitute. He was a younger guy, um, and and so he, um, you know, they they were asking me about what you know how to what to do or how to handle the situation. Essentially, she was shocked by the whole thing, and I asked her. I just asked the question. I said, "Well, how how long has he been involved in pornography?" And she was like, "Oh, he's not." And, and I said, uh, I, I said no. Disagree. I said no. He, he is. And she said no. He's never had a problem with that. I said, as this unfolds over the next few weeks, and you are walking this out in your family, I think you're going to discover that you he did. And sure enough, I mean, you know, a few weeks later, she came back to me and she said, Hey, I just you know want to let you know. Indeed, um, he. I found out for a couple of years now he'd been watching movies late at night. On cable and 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 it's not just that because either. it doesn't start with that. No. It doesn't start with trying to pick up a prostitute. It's it's so again. I'm not trying to be alarmist, but this is this is the equivalent of leaving a gun laying around loaded. Um, the damage that could be done and starting that off for your family. Uh, Tim Challey says have three goals when you give your child one of these devices. Number one, your first goal needs to be 
Teaching and training. You need to teach and train your children to use their devices responsibly. This is an indispensable part of responsible parenting in a world like this one, which is part of what you were talking about a moment ago, Chase. Second goal is to guard your children from seeing or experiencing what they do not know exist. Uh, The innocent ought to remain innocent without being unintentionally exposed to pornography. So work on whatever you can do on these devices to guard them from seeing things they're not trying to see. Third goal is prevent them from seeing or experiencing what they w- what they desire once they learn it exists. So there will come a time where your kids realize what's out there and they have a desire for it and then you need to have the goal of preventing them from seeing it or experiencing once that desire is kindled in them. And so from there he goes into that porn-free family plan that you can um, you know, download and take a look at. It is, uh, my wife, I sent it to her the other day. She sent me an email back and said, hey, it looks a little complicated, but we ought to really talk about this yeah. in, our, in our home. So uh, we're kind of going through it now. How about this, guys? More than half. Half of this uh, I can help you do fairly easily. Yeah. More than half of the, the people viewing pornography. I'm looking at the the stats for one major porn site, but from what I'm seeing, it I'm not actually on that site, of course, but I'm looking at other sites as well. More than you're half, on the network here, you're not. You no, know, I mean, yeah. I, more than half of the, the views of major pornogra- uh, pornographic sites right now are smartphones and tablets. Are oh, mobile. that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and that would probably surprise a lot of people listening. That, that, that is the primary way to consume pornography now. One in five mobile searches are for pornography. That is astounding. 20% of every search done on a smartphone or a tablet is for pornography. That's a, that's an awful lot. Well, again, we wanted to start a conversation about that. So so send us some email feedback or uh, some tweets. And if you've got questions, feel free to ask them. I'm not saying we've got all the answers, but it's a discussion that we just wanted to start. And, uh, Chase, I'll, I'll pass it over to you for the final uh, final topic for today. Okay, well, this is kind of the beginning of a conversation. Chris uh, Studdard had a uh, – I noticed Chris and Tony Vance, the director, had a discussion with a gentleman named Benjamin Corey, uh, who is a Patheos writer, calls himself an evangelical, um, is still some sort of um, – he calls himself a cheerleader for Rob Bell, uh, the writer of Love Wins and a future Oprah Winfrey star. Uh, essentially, he wrote a, a Facebook post this week and an article that says, uh, why do I still connect with Rob Bell and cheer him on? Because he represents us, every evangelical who has ever been shunned for asking questions. In him, we see not, not just the worst we've experienced, but the best we might become, whole people who aren't bitter or jaded. And so uh, just reading some of, some of the issues, I've seen quite a lot of people come to the defense of Rob Bell and say things like, and and Benjamin Cord did the same thing, say things like, Bell has been crucified, and that's the term they use, by evangelicals for simply asking questions about hell and things like that. Well, the fact of the matter is, Rob Bell and other people that are in the, quote, progressive Christian camp, which I think probably more accurately would be labeled uh, liberal liberal Christians, I hesitate to use those those words together, but um, these people are essentially denying biblical truth in a lot of areas. 
are, are straying away from the faith, and they're not just asking questions. They're making statements. For instance, uh, Rob Bell's book, Love Wins. This is a quote from that book. He says, A staggering number of people have been taught that a select few Christians will spend forever in a peaceful, joyous place called heaven, while the rest of humanity stands forever in torment and punishment and hell with no chance for anything better. This is misguided and toxic and ultimately subverts the contagious spread of Jesus' message of love, peace, forgiveness, and joy that our world desperately needs to hear. Okay, that's not asking a question. No, that's that's making a statement. It's making a statement, okay? And so people that are disagreeing with Bell and others like him are not doing so because they're asking questions. It's because they are undermining, challenging, and denying what the Bible teaches. My question to you guys, how do we deal with people who call themselves evangelicals and yet undermine the Bible's sexual ethic, undermine the Bible's teaching on controversial topics such as hell and other things? I'm not just talking about Rob Bell here. I could be talking about Rachel Held Evans. could be talking about Benjamin Corey, people like that. How do we deal with them? Do we still label them evangelicals? Two-part question. You can take either one of them. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and you mean specifically people who profess Christianity? People who profess – in this particular in- instance, not only people who profess Christianity, people who claim that they are evangelicals. Go ahead, Dave. I just want a clarification before I – Well, look, I don't um, – I, a couple of uh, caveats, I guess, up front. I am a guy who's – I try to be really slow to label people heretic – um, and because uh, I, I think we've, I just think in the Christian community we, that's kind of a go-to. We pull that out at the at the, you know, flip of a hat and throw it at someone. And I don't think every, um, I just don't. I, I think we use it too much, and I think we apply it in situations that it may not warrant. And I definitely think I look among evangelical Christians, and I'll even say among Reformed people, which I account myself in that camp. Um, we have a tendency to just arrogantly attack people for um, what we view as um, as you know beliefs. Um, I, I don't know, not 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 in. I was going to say not entirely in line with doctrine, but just things that uh, take something easy. You know, take a church that is uh, a little bit more seeker sensitive, and you have people who just go on the attack against that. I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of overly seeker sensitive churches. Um, I, I think you could be missing something there. But to go on the attack almost to the point of of, of saying someone's not a brother and sister in Christ over that, I, I I think it's misguided. So I always want to be very careful. We're not attacking and very careful that heretical label against people. Um, but at the same time, there is, there's a point to where you just say, look, you're, you're not in line with orthodox Christian beliefs, and that needs to be said. It needs to be called out. And I, I am, I am, what I see more and more from certain camps is posting things like this, posting out beliefs and, and thought processes and books that are not in line with orthodox Christian thinking, and then when someone calls them on it, they turn themselves into they turn themselves into the victim. Um, I'm being offended. I'm being attacked. I'm being and, and, and they immediately make themselves out to be um, 
the one who is being wronged in the situation. And I think that's happened. I think you know Rob Bell and people who follow him. I think that's that's been done with him. He, this is not a guy who I think it was the in the article you were talking about. Um, didn't they make have a comment about he got crucified for just asking questions? Yes. Okay, this is not – he didn't just ask questions. This was a mainstream Christian leader who had books and videos in mainstream churches. Um, we used to watch NUMA videos here in, in, at the Hall of Dogma Church years ago. I mean years ago before you know, Chase was here. Um, we would watch those on Wednesday nights during Bible studies. This guy was a mainstream Christian teacher who all of a sudden publishes a book that is not just asking questions. It's not a book that was just saying, hey, I'm exploring some thoughts here. It was a book with a pointed purpose. Admittedly, I have not read it. Okay, I, I will say that up front. I've not read the book. And I, I think it's probably not always wise to quote, you know, to talk about a book you haven't read. But I've read enough about it, and I've read and talked to people who have read it. The guy had an agenda, and it was more than just asking some questions. He was leading people to answers, and the answers that he was leading to, um, and it was confusing at best and heretical at worst, questioning orthodox Christian teachings, and that needs to be called out when it happens, not just um, us just, well, you know, it's okay. Uh, it's for just Rob. Yeah, it's just Rob. That's nutty. just how he is. Well, look, I read the book, um, and I read the book going, be be wrong. be Not not Rob Bell be wrong, but everybody be wrong about the book. Everybody be wrong about the book. And it's been a while since I read it, but your statement is, is accurate in so much as I can remember right now in that he had a lot of – he was posing questions, and it, and it reminds me of discussions we used to have at Waffle House after church. Well, what about? But but not in a way of trying to undermine, but just go deeper and understand. And, and rather than do that, his it really did seem like he was leading. His questions were leading down a path rather than, hey guys, this this is something that I I, I trust, but I, I don't get. No no no. His his was leading with purpose, and and I remember reading it going. God, Please be wrong about what you know. I remember Piper's farewell Rob Bell Twitter, you know, infamous Twitter thing, and I'm like, please be wrong, and it just didn't feel that way. But um, you know, the word when you're talking about the word heresy, um, thank you Google. Um, it's a, it's not probably a top search term for 2014 or 15, but um, not on the top ten, not that I would that. know. No, but it's opinions profoundly at odds with what is generally accepted, and and I think what I see on on Facebook and Twitter and even blogs, um, what people call heresy is what is at odds with what they believe. Yes. And, and it's the nuances of what they believe. And, and, I, and I am friends with a, a lot of the young, restless, reformed crowd, um, so to speak. And so, um, you know, there's, there's a consistent <laughs> few things that y- you can't disagree with, um, or, it's, or it's heresy. Well, eh. But when, but when you start talking about the nature of sin and its consequence and the reason for the cross at that point we can start going heresy or not to me the, you know the 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 word gets used too flippantly but that doesn't mean some things aren't um and i think things that are we we've got to be willing um we've got to be willing to stand on the truth of the word and so that's that's to me where it gets tricky is we've got to stand on the truth of the word putting emphasis where the word puts it and not standing on our opinions or the things that matter most to us 
and the way we'd have them do it. What what you mentioned earlier, Chase, some of your kind of guidances about dealing with with crazy family members around Christmas, to me applies here. Of you know, what good does it do to the to the for the Baptist and the Methodist to to just not be willing to talk anymore at all because of all the things they disagree with when they agree on the cross of Christ and they agree about fundamental sin nature and need for a savior. Can't, can't we start there and see what we do agree on rather than go, Oh, I know I don't agree with you on these 15 things. What about the 50 you do agree with them on? You just won't talk about because of the 15. Well, and I, and that's, yes. And, and I think that's fair. And, and one of the things that, that, you know, the old, I think the illustration, maybe it's overdone, but it talks about how, the the way uh, I've never actually researched to find out if this is true, but the the illustration is the way that um, the government teaches people to spot counterfeit bills as they make them study actual bills over and over. And so kind of the illustration is the way you know a false gospel is know the real gospel. Study the word, know it, and you'll be able to recognize when a false gospel comes along. I think there's some truth in that in that. I think a reasonable Christian who is studying the Word can discern the difference between a small disagreement um, in a, on a gray area um, or a non – I would call it a non-critical, non-major issue um, versus orthodox views and what would make someone a heretic or not. Um, in other words, I, I, you know, for me, I would, I would say your, your view on – let's pick out something simple, but, but maybe your view on – uh, for me personally, your view on baptism, on the mode of baptism, I believe the Bible teaches something uh, on that. But uh, I don't label my brothers and sisters in Christ who who sprinkle baptism versus immerse baptism as being a heretic. Um, that That's my personal thought. But I, I would say someone who denies the existence of hell is is going into heresy. And, and I, I think Paul in Galatians was not afraid to call that out if there's a different gospel being taught. And I don't think we should be afraid to call that out. I think we should do it with truth and love, and I think we should be discerning about when we do it. That's one of the problems with us getting on Facebook and other social media and making a big deal out of everything. When Christians make a big deal out of everything, then you know eventually people stop listening. Not everything's that big of a deal. So save it for when it is. But let me say this, and I will pass it to Chase. Let me tell you the last thing you do. If you're a Christian leader with thousands of people who listen to you and follow you and and read your books and you have steer over them, if you start having questions, the last thing you do is publish a book in the midst of your questions. I don't buy that. I don't buy someone saying, well, I was just trying to start a conversation about questions I have. Don't publish a book if you have questions, because I'm reading Hebrews thirteen seventeen that says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. When you're a leader especially an elder, you have responsibilities, the Bible says, over over watching over people's souls. And you're going to give an account for that one day. So if you have legitimate questions about doctrine, don't publish a book about it, because you may lead people off a path straight into hell and you don't even realize if you've got if you really have questions you need to take that private and deal with those questions deal with them privately with other christian leaders don't go publish a book in the midst of it i don't buy that i don't buy that's what he was doing he no. had he he was trying to teach he was not trying to start a conversation about questions Precisely. yeah it, it's it's disingenuous at best to suggest that let, let me read you a couple of quotes from uh 
Corey's article on Patheos. He says, The historical fact is Rob was crucified on an evangelical cross before his book had even seen a store shelf. Give you one more, two paragraphs down. Rob has come to symbolically represent so many of us who have experienced the deep pain of being told, there's no room for you in this inn. We might not know what it's like to surf California waves or get a call from Oprah, but we sure do know what it's like to be shunned for asking a few questions. That is, all right, number one, to compare Rob twice in two paragraphs to Jesus Christ, who was born in a, a, an inn, I mean, born in a manger because there was no room for him at the inn, who was crucified on a cross, not because people disagreed with him. Uh, in, in blog posts and things like that, but he was literally nailed to a cross. I I find it just kind of a, a, a ridiculous use of use of uh, phraseology there to twice compare Rob Bell to Jesus. But he's not just asking questions; no. he is teaching. Mm-hmm. He's teaching things that are contrary to the Scripture. And, and for instance, a passage like uh, say Romans sixteen. Verse 17 says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Well, I don't think we're supposed to uh, attack Rob Bell. I think we can attack his ideas. I mean, uh, uh, false teaching. I think we can attack that. I don't. I think we pray for those who persecute us. I think we bless, just exactly like Romans twelve tells us to do. We don't personally attack Rob Bell, but here we got some pretty clear instructions all throughout Scripture: Second Peter two, Romans sixteen, how we're supposed to deal with false teachers. And guys, I think this is going to be a greater issue in the body of Christ going forward. Many people claiming to be evangelical, claiming to be biblical, claiming to be Christian, but teaching things contrary to the Word very clearly. I think we were in uh, our one of our, our small group uh, on this past Friday night. One of our uh, – the guy that leads our small group, his name's Joshua. He is a, listen, listens to the podcast. But he was talking about how um, the truth of the Word has never changed, but the cultural the, – um, the false gospels mold – with culture. In other words, hmm. what a false gospel looked like in the first century, much different probably than what a false gospel would look like today, although the, the, the mechanics may still be there, um, works-based righteousness or something like that. But, but essentially, those false gospels change with culture while the truth stays the same. In this day and time, one of those huge false gospels is that um, love means you can do whatever you want. Hmm. Love means there is no boundaries, as, as the general talked about in the sermon today at the All of Dogma Church. Love is the opposite of that. Love means there is boundaries. Love is love means, you know, love doesn't do whatever it wants, and love doesn't say you can do whatever you want. You know, there's, but, but the false gospel out there is, God isn't going to condemn anyone. God wants you to be happy and live your life, and God wants you to um, fulfilled, fill, you know, be fulfilled, and and God isn't going to tell you that it's wrong to love someone, um, even of the same sex. And so, that's that's a false gospel. And more and more Christians are uh, are uh, um, falling victim of uh, agreeing with those things, agreeing with that which the Bible says is is not true. And the Bible warns against that. The Bible warns against people who will not only do 
sin, but approve of those who do sin. And and we have to fight and stay on that true trajectory of Scripture. And you're going to see more and more evangelical leaders, more and more, I do quotes, evangelical leaders, veering off that path. Mm-hmm. And us ourselves, everyone, guard yourselves. That's what Hebrews says. We're going through Hebrews right now with all of Dogma Church. Hebrews warns us over and over, be careful, be careful, be careful yep. that you don't fall away. You don't go off that wrong path. It could happen to anyone. Yep. So. All, all right, well, down. good discussion there, guys. Um, we uh, have a little bit of listener feedback we're ready to get out for today. Uh, I think we got a voicemail, yep. Nick, from overseas. We're yep. going to play here in just a moment. A couple of uh, tweets that I liked this week, John, uh, John Lorbacher. Uh, he tweeted in and uh, mentioned Hunt's Br- Hunt Brothers Pizza, a fine NC institution. I think North if you Carolina, like fine Tostino's Pizza, North Carolina institution, or Apparently, cardboard. I guess uh, oh in the uh, in the Greenwich side of town, over <laughs> in where Chase grew up, they uh, gas station pizza was beneath them. The hell, <laughs> the maybe the help at the at you the, know what uh, you can do you can at the get mansion a, just made their made pizza for them a five ninety nine California Pizza Kitchen pizza from Walmart that is a fantastic pizza for and just I can a get couple 17 of bucks pizza for yeah. that 599 this coming, this coming from a guy terrible. this coming from a guy who shops the bottom shelf for cereal at thank Walmart thank you very much out of the bags <laughs> dude the stuff you have brought in for cereal is M- Michael yeah. Michael Woodard uh, whoa, whoa, whoa you're questioning my cereal credibility wow. I'm I, look nobody has ever dared do such a thing Captain Crunchy has not brought any cereal for us to try recently well no but I'm not going to now especially if you've questioned me I am the world's foremost expert on yes. Which, if you if you have that much experience, why do you eat some of the things you do? Because they're awesome. Okay, Michael Woodard, don't fight, mom and dad. Michael Woodward, Woodard, uh, I'm heartbroken over this. He uh, tweeted in. I guess you guys had a discussion. They it's like bag wine. You had a discussion on the, on the last show about There's Christmas only... movies. Just a minute. let us finish this argument real quick, David. Uh, there's one bagged cereal that's good. The rest of the Malto Mill cereals are not particularly good, but the Captain Crunch type cereal with marshmallows is amazing. I do feel like when I was a kid. You're not talking into the microphone. I right know right? I'm not talking. I was I was backing up. Just like I was a kid, mom and dad would fight the table, and I'd go in the corner and be like, "Hey, look at me, please." Look, Somebody. and I'm sure there are plenty of box wines that are that are reasonable, but you know, come on, man, standards. Look, you guys are both experts in those that. areas. You cereal, you alcohol, so we can just call it. I'm dead. Cheers. <laughs> What it is, Michael Woodard. Is it okay if I move on? You guys talked about Christmas stories. On it has last been a pod. long time since I've had alcohol. Christmas as movies as on the last podcast, and you didn't mention a Christmas story as one of the top Christmas I, movies. I just think it caught audio. up. Didn't I, I, I thought Mike, it came up? Michael did not hear it uh, apparently, but I, I do think that I look forward to Christmas, the twenty-four hour Christmas story marathon on TBS or whatever it's like. I've never seen that movie all the way through. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I really have. You'll go watch Elf, but you have not seen a Christmas story all the way through. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna go foul on that as well. If you can, if you will it's, sit through Elf multiple times, I've heard it's a bit overrated. I'm okay to call that a classic. I'm not okay to call Elf a classic. But well, I didn't call it a classic. so. Okay, you guys will appreciate this. We um, and, and I blame my wife, uh, which ultimately I have to blame myself because I am complimentary even if I'm not a Calvinist. But um, 
We watched Home Alone. But you're getting close to being uh, I'm really Calvinist because you almost got saved in the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> You're close. never going to let me live that down, are really you? Close. We ought to broadcast that. <laughs> I don't think – I thank God I edit this show. Um, we watched Home Alone <coughs> with our kids the other night. And, um, hey, I forgot how much language there was in parts of that movie. Oh, and so. how, how about he was a – like oh. – I watched it the other day, too. Like I had – we, we DVR'd it or whatever. How about he was over the top uh, – The stuff he said to his mother? Disrespectful. Oh, Help me, yeah, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. He needed a mm. pretty bad spanking. Yeah. But, his brother, his older brother, whatever that kid's name was, yeah. he needed yeah. like some yeah that, ten that's, spankings. All right, well, let's. We have a video. Yeah. Uh, video. <laughs> we have a voicemail. We have a video, but you won't be able to see. You it. need to learn more about tech, David. All right, we have a voicemail. Let's uh, play that. David was an IT manager. Was hi, gospel friends. I'm Mark from Northern Ireland, and today I finally caught up on all your episodes. I really enjoy the show as it feeds me spiritually and humorously. And the switch between the heavy topics and the lighthearted is very much appreciated. If it was just one of those things, well, I might not have stuck around, but I have. This is a type of Christian podcast I have been looking for. I don't necessarily agree with everything you say, but I think that you do have the grace to leave enough room for people to disagree without making people like me feel unwelcome. The main issues I have with your show, though, is your lack of understanding of how British money works. It couldn't be any more easier. And your Irish accent, so please stop it. I know you're tempted now, but please don't. I hope you will learn more about your international listeners. After all, I understand your culture completely, because I watched nearly every episode of the Dukes of Hazard, except the ones with Coy and Vance, of course. So keep up the good work. Keep us thinking upon the Lord, and keep your banter mighty. That was one of the best oh voicemails that we've ever that gotten. That was awesome. Hazard, really, you absolutely made our day. That uh, was fantastic. That was fantastic. And the Coy and Vance reference, yeah. which if you don't know, that Dukes of Hazard, Bo and Luke left the show, but they kept the show going because it was such a good commercial <laughs> success. And they got these loser yahoos, Coy and Vance, their cousins on the show. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. I watched Andy oh. Griffith until um, RFD came along. You know, they, they kept going yes. with that Mayberry RFD deal. Changed um, it all. Not so, Mark, that was uh, – look, number one, we don't agree with everything we say either. So you're in oh, good well, company. Yeah, you're in, yeah. yeah, good company there. Uh, <laughs> you realize the things we have to fight with to get the show on the air. I think culturally, as far as uh, watching the Dukes of Hazard to get an idea of, of our culture, that's probably pretty good for you know David's um, yes the area that some of us grew up <laughs> the area that some of us grew up in. Uh, you'd probably have to watch it some more accent. aristocratic I mean, show to get Chase's kind of bringing uh, the way he was brought up. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, in general, that was probably probably pretty accurate for uh, for me. <laughs> I'm thinking of um, some slightly inappropriate CW shows. <laughs> for Chase? Like Gossip Girl or something. I don't know. Never seen it. I have watched a ton of British shows, but most of them have been like Blackadder, Monty Python, stuff that doesn't explain British currency very well, so I'm kind of ignorant. But I am reading a play- page right now that is educating me, so... Now he doesn't Hopefully like the. Is it? It must be your your accent that when you do the Irish accent. Because if I did one, I mean, it would be good because I am part Irish. So. I did. I, I'm famously known what for part my Irish French. Are you? I don't. My feet. I don't know. <laughs> not even a hair on your head is Irish. It is. You're why, why do you not want me to be Irish? You're not cool enough. 
Wow. Anyway, Mark, well, thank you I, for I did calling. The French accent. Yes, Remember please. the toilet in the kitchen? Yes, I did that. You did. But that I didn't do the Irish accent. Please, uh, please call back again. And and if you, you know, more people call and leave voicemails, and because uh, especially that, more that Irish excellent. people, yeah, more Irish or people. Aussies or. Uh, if we British. had if we had our uh, swag plan in effect, where we had stuff with our logo ready to give away, we would send Mark something. But we need we're to not get there yet. Off of our duffs, pardon the French. Well, what we need is someone who can run that part of the the, the show for us. So yes. if you're kind of a marketing person, mm-hmm. why don't you send us send us a resume or something? Or if you're like a millionaire, why don't you send us a few hundred oh, thousand? If you had look, if you're a marketing millionaire where you have money yes. and would be willing to help us, <laughs> oh, there's um, so many edits right now. So we have talked about trying to get some some stuff going with the with the show on it, yes. so we could give a uh, give away, and that that mark you would have earned something. But yes. uh, unfortunately, and, and we don't have that we'll yet. Retroact- so retroactively reward him once we get that in. It's place. probably it's probably pretty it's probably pretty mean to say, hey, if we had anything to give you, we would, but we don't. So. <laughs> The, it, it is a it is a genuine thought though I think. Well, I, I meant to be. I, I really want to send him something. We could mail him one of these empty Mountain Dew cans. Oh, we could send him Bernard. We could do that in an Am- empty Amazon. I mean, not an empty. It'll appear to be empty, but really, we'll have Bernard in <laughs> Good it. Good plan. All right, guys. Episode thirty in the books. Aren't we supposed to close with something like amusing or clever or profound? Look up something clever and say it in an Irish accent for. For Mark's sake, uh, your mom. You didn't do you wasn't Irish. Your mom isn't Irish either. <laughs> my mom isn't Irish. It was the, my dad's side of the family. Nick, say something profound. Something profound. That see you next week. That wasn't it. All right. That though we can't say see you next week. That's lame. Um, your mom. <laughs> okay. See you next week. <laughs> All right, hey, we figured out what to say at the end of the show. <laughs> we actually we were in the parking lot and we came back in. Yes, and right. we hit record again. Okay. One, One two, three. Merry, Merry Christmas.